What better way to find freedom in our relationships with food than through the lens of our relationship with Christ? Join me as we discover what the Bible has to say about nourishing and loving the body that God has given us. Let's experience the true taste of freedom by filling up on the one who can satisfy all of our cravings. Now let's go ahead and dive into today's conversation. Hey y'all, I hope you're having a great day so far, and I hope today's episode will be a blessing to you in some way, so I'm so glad that you decided to tune in. I hope you were able to accomplish or at least maybe attempt the challenge that we had from our last episode of just focusing on giving compliments that aren't based on outward appearance, but more so on character and strengths. So hope you were able to give that a try and maybe learn something through that or just have a perspective shift through trying that over the past couple weeks. So I'm super excited to get into today's topic because, I mean, who doesn't love carbs and talking about carbs? So as you can see, that's kind of going to be a topic of conversation today. So where all of this kind of started from, as I began studying nutrition and then as I just continued to work um, doing nutrition counseling over the years, I've just noticed so many fascinating conclusions that I think we can learn about carbs and how they actually can relate to how the Bible often refers to Jesus being the bread of life. I know that might sound a little crazy to try to make that connection, but I just think it's so cool how deep some of the metaphors in the Bible go, and this is one of them that maybe we haven't really stopped to pick apart some of the analogies and how this metaphor lines up even just beyond the surface. So I know that I am often just blown away by how simple yet complex and clever the scripture really is. So hopefully you may be um, encouraged to see scripture in a new way through some of these topics that we'll discuss today. So I want to just talk through some facts about carbs and look at how understanding these facts can provide tangible reminders for our need and dependence on Jesus as our daily bread. Plus, there's just so many misconceptions out there about carbs these days, so I hope that maybe some of these facts will provide a little clarity to some of that confusion about, you know, whether carbs are good or bad or just all of the conflicting stances that are floating around out there. I hope this will maybe answer some of those myths and misconceptions as well. So to get started, we'll look at what exactly are carbohydrates. So carbs are one of our three macronutrients, which are carbs, protein, and fats. And all carbs are actually broken down into glucose in our body. So the glucose we need so that it can enter our cells with the help of insulin to be used for energy. This glucose is the primary and the preferred energy source for every cell in our body. So the cells are going to need that energy so that they can do all their processes um, properly. So things like glycolysis to the Krebs cycle and the electron transport chain, you know, all those fun terms that you probably haven't heard since biochem. So I'm not going to get into all of those, but just to show that that glucose is kind of a starting 
energy source for all of those things to happen to release energy for us to function. So if our cells can't get the energy we need from glucose, they're going to end up trying to get it from other nutrients. So they may switch to fats or proteins as kind of a backup option if glucose isn't readily available. And the process of burning these, the fats or proteins, will create a, a waste product that can actually lead to problems like ketoacidosis or ketosis. And often those can eventually lead to damage of the liver and kidneys. Sometimes a low-carb diet can actually change just the whole body's metabolic process and will really have negative effects on both mental and physical health. So survival without carbs long-term is just not possible. So as you can see, having an understanding of kind of the basics of carbs, um, we see that it's possible to operate on, you know, those backup energy sources temporarily, but it's not going to allow the body to function at an optimal level long term and will eventually lead to consequences. So now that we understand those and just kind of seeing our body's need for carbs, that helps me to better understand our need for Jesus. So just like carbs, we need to you know, fill up on him for energy, which, you know, we may throw that around often, but just seeing our need for him as the primary and the preferred energy source that our lives were designed to need to function optimally, just like carbs are our preferred and primary energy source to function optimally. Sure, we might be able to survive a little while without filling up on him and maybe by filling up on some of the backup options that would energize us. Maybe some of those things that might that we might turn to for energy could be things like our social status and friendships, maybe working out hard, maybe just excelling and being promoted in our careers. Maybe for you it's shopping and just having the best fashion or maybe just constantly traveling or doing adventurous things that really gives you that boost of energy. So those could be effective and maybe seem promising for a while. And eventually you may find that that very thing that you were getting energized from might end up being the thing that exhausts you and drains your energy if you've put them in place of Jesus. Just like when our bodies try to run on the backup energy option and it eventually leads to organ damage, you choosing to run off of any other energy option will eventually lead to damage and consequences and it's just not a sustainable way to live. So in a healthy diet, carbs should comprise the biggest portion of our intake, with it being recommended that we get about 45 to 65% of our calories each day from carbs. So to kind of put that into perspective, the recommendations for fat would be 20 to 35% of our calories coming from fat, and then protein, we would want 10 to 35% of our calories from protein. So you can see carbs are definitely that biggest source. 
And even just the brain alone is going to require a minimum of 130 grams of carbs a day to function properly so that we're able to think straight and just perform all of our day-to-day tasks. In the same way, for us to think straight and have the most clear outlook on every situation, we need to fill up on Jesus every day, too, just like those carbs. So how might this look in a tangible way? You know, this could be anything from reading scripture to praying or worshiping. Whatever kind of fills you up and puts you in the presence of God is going to be beneficial for energizing you throughout the whole day. This is how we're going to be able to renew our strength so that we can really face anything that that day might throw at us. So I also think by filling up on scripture and time in the word and everything, that's where we can just be filled up with those fruits of the spirit that will last us all day. So all those things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I think another interesting fact about carbs is that for optimal blood sugar regulation, it's best to consume carbs throughout the whole day rather than, say, just having all of your carbs at one meal and then trying to go the rest of the day without any at all. Being consistent all day helps us to avoid those major spikes and drops in blood sugar, which as you've probably experienced if you've ever tried doing that, can end up, you know, affecting your energy levels, your moods, you might be a little hangry, all those types of things um, are probably a result of those drops in blood sugar. We can also relate this concept to our relationship with God. Of course, you know, it's great to have that dedicated quiet time first thing in the morning and to spend time in the Word, But if we just do that and then, you know, the whole rest of the day we're trying to live completely independent of him, I really think we're missing out. Instead, if we're able to look for ways throughout our day-to-day tasks to be reminded of his presence, maybe just be grateful to him for different blessings that you experience or that you see in others, talking to him or even about him to others, Um, Those could all be different ways that you can experience the peace and comfort that's only provided through him. And those feelings can also be reflected to the others that you come in contact with throughout the day. But if we're not tapping into that power all day long, you know, we're probably going to get to that point where we're getting a little cranky or a little moody, just like when our blood sugar drops too. That's something I know I want to be working on and growing in because I find it can be so easy to just limit those conversations with God to be during my designated quiet times, you know, at the beginning and the end of the day. But I find that throughout the day, it's easy to get so caught up in those day-to-day tasks and things going on that I'm not always being reminded of His presence right beside me. So maybe if any of you can relate, you could even just start thinking as well of different ways to maybe remind yourself of habits that you can create to keep refueling yourself consistently. You know, maybe setting some reminders in place so that while you build that habit, you are kind of triggered to have that reminder throughout the day so you don't get caught up in everything that your day may hold. 
I really believe that this could be a life-changing habit to adopt to adopt and hopefully we don't stay in that cycle of just waiting until we crash and you know drop and that blood sugar drops and we're at our wits end to then be coming back to the source of our energy you know we want to stay charged up all day long So talking to so many people about nutrition over the years has definitely made me realize just how misunderstood carbs are and how to so many people they even have a bad rep. I think a lot of people just assume that carbs automatically equal weight gain and diabetes. A lot of people even fear carbs and just try to avoid them because they don't want to do the work to try and learn and understand them. As they maybe try to work towards weight loss, they often attempt to completely cut out the very thing that is keeping them alive. Does that sound familiar? I think so many people in our world today are trying to cut Jesus out of their lives, even though he is the very one who gave them life and continues to keep them alive. What I often often see happen is when people try to cut out carbs or do some type of a restrictive diet like keto or something, they might be able to sustain that for a little while and you know maybe it even seems promising they see some results. But oftentimes once a hard time hits or maybe they start to feel stressed or sad, maybe they just get lonely or feel depressed, usually then They kind of throw all that out the window and they just come running back to the chips, the candy, the fast food, the ice cream, whatever it might be for them because they're craving that comfort and maybe that dopamine kick that they're going to get through the, you know, sugar or those, those carb sources. Similarly, often it takes people to hit rock bottom in their lives just to realize how desperate they are for more peace or unconditional love and value and that feeling of purpose that can only be found in our relationship with God. And I think it's easy for us to get, you know, our quick fix of God, just like we may have loaded up on some quick carbs to feel better. Then we might just get back on our way to living however we want to live, trying to just cut them out. Again, because, you know, life's going well. There's no need for him. Well, as you can imagine, this would be a pretty unhealthy cycle, whether you're doing this physically with carbs or spiritually with God, of, you know, waiting until things get bad and then running back to it. And then, you know, the rest of the time just trying to cut it out completely. We would be way better off if we didn't wait till we hit that hard spot to come running back to God. But thankfully, our God is so gracious and forgiving and kind. And of course, he delights when we come running. But how much better of a relationship would it be if we were to just turn to him consistently as our first priority every day and not just as this last resort once everything else has failed us? I don't think our relationship with God should be just, you know, a quick way to satisfy that craving for a dopamine kick, but rather be a relationship where we crave the intimacy of knowing our creator more and that we just desire to be in his presence and in his will 
more than we desire anything else. A lot of people prefer the refined, simple carbs, as you may, and I definitely do a lot of the time as well. You know, they just taste better. They're more convenient. They require less work, easily accessible. You know, it's definitely a growing thing, and you're definitely not alone if that's you. The sad thing is that during the refining process of these grains, um, what happens is they take whole wheat and basically strip that of the beneficial nutrients that are naturally found in grains like fiber, vitamins, minerals, and healthy fats. So basically they're just leaving us with the starch, which is energy, but it's no good nutrients or anything else that's very helpful for the body. Also, simple car products are often loaded with additional ingredients like sugar, sodium, and fat to, of course, you know, make them taste better. So you're still going to get energy from them, but it's just not going to be long-lasting energy. And you're also likely going to experience like a crash or be left feeling hungry shortly after because this is just quick energy sources. These also won't be as beneficial to your life and health as the real version of the whole food carbs that aren't man-made and overly processed. So you may be wondering, what does this have to do with anything? Well, this whole concept just got me thinking about how often we search for, you know, things like the quick devo, the maybe watered-down gospel message that makes things sound simple and appealing and attractive. Maybe we just look for that three-step process to being a good Christian. Maybe we're just always looking for a podcast that's just going to summarize Scripture for us so we don't have to do the work of, you know, pulling thing application from Scripture on our own. Or maybe we just are all about reading those Christian self-help books. So don't get me wrong, I'm a sucker for some of these as well, and I'm super grateful that there's so many incredible resources out there these days to help us in our walk with God. But just like simple carbs may be more convenient and appealing, but they should be should not be our sole source of carbs, but more of something that we just have in moderation for optimal health. Similarly, these supplemental resources, I think, are fine in moderation, but they shouldn't replace studying the scripture as it is without man-made processing into a more convenient form for you to consume. The word is living and active, and what you get from reading certain verses may be exactly what God is trying to speak to you at that time, but it could be entirely different from what he may have revealed to a pastor or an author or a podcaster. So it's up to you to come to the real source and get that whole whole scripture version opposed to just the versions that are more man-made and processed. Another area where carbs are of extra importance, of course, is when it comes to physical training. So you're probably familiar that it's a recommendation to load up on carbs before we do something physically challenging like running a race because carbs are our body's preferred energy source. So that's where, you know, the terms carb loading come into play of trying to 
provide our body with a lot of that quick energy to get through that workout. So this concept made me think of the verse in Hebrews 12, 1 through 2, which says, And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. And then also tying that in with verse of with the verse in John chapter 6 verse 35 it says then Jesus declared I am the bread of life whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty so i just see this metaphor so perfectly calling life a race where we must rely on Jesus aka the bread of life for perseverance so that we can run this race well so to me, I'm hearing we basically need to carb load on the bread of life so we can run this way, race well and finish strong. He says we'll never go hungry or thirsty when we come to him and believe in him. And I mean, how refreshing is that to know that we can be connected to the ultimate eternal source of energy who can sustain us through anything that comes our way, no matter how hard or long any race may seem. So I don't know about y'all, but that sure makes me want to train well and fuel properly and rest intentionally so I can just get after it in this race of life. Okay, so next thing I wanted to look at was just to pull a couple examples from scripture that talk about bread and use it in a metaphorical or symbolic way. There's so many other places in the Bible that talk about bread. So there's a lot more I could have included, but didn't want to make this too long for y'all. But I just think it's so fascinating to learn and just see how bread is represented and how knowing and understanding more about carbs just make some of these metaphors and analogies come to light and go even deeper than they may have just from the first glance. So going back to John 6, because um, I think that's just kind of the epitome of this, um, but backing up a couple verses. So John 6, 32 through 35, Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven. And this was when he was referring to manna that God provided to the Israelites to nourish and sustain them. And continuing what Jesus said, he said, But it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And then in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three through 24, you all have probably heard this verse many times, but it says, The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So I think by identifying the bread as his body, this is just an example of Jesus establishing that profound connection between physical and spiritual nourishment, which now maybe you can see just some more complexity behind this connection and this um, 
just the profoundness that this has on us each time that we take communion, just establishing our complete need and dependence for that bread of life. And then in Acts 2, 46 through 47, it says, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So I wanted to include just an example here as well of the importance of breaking bread together as a time of fellowship with other believers and just celebrating all that the Lord is doing. And I think that's just a beautiful way that bread represents time of fellowship, but also represents all of our need for the bread of life. So I know there's so much more we could talk about on the symbolism of bread and Jesus as the bread of life, but these are just a few of those observations and analogies that I found help me better understand and be reminded of just our utter need and dependence on God daily and not just once a day, but throughout our whole day. All right, so for the next challenge for this episode, this one is basically just challenging you to pray each time that you eat, just as an opportunity to refocus on, you know, the bread of life and uh, doing that as you express gratitude and thankfulness for the physical bread or food or whatever you're eating. I think this could be a practice. Some of you might do it already, but some of us do it maybe for some meals or when we eat with other people, but maybe not, you know, for our breakfast or for a snack or something. But doing this can just be a way to stack that habit of each time we're eating, we're being reminded of the Lord's presence and allowing ourselves to think about him more and be in prayer with him more throughout the whole day by, um, you know, just asking. It could be as simple as, thank you, Lord, for giving me today this daily bread. Or you can, of course, get into a much more drawn out prayer. Maybe the whole time that you eat, you're just in prayer um, of gratitude or whatever it might be at that time. So there's your new challenge. I also have a bonus challenge for anybody that is interested if you're wanting to go to the next level. Um, so this, I guess a couple weeks ago, I started the process of making sourdough bread. So I don't know if any of y'all have tried that, but for anybody looking for a challenge, as well as just an opportunity to develop some patience, I would recommend trying to create your own sourdough starter and then create some sourdough bread. It definitely is a test of patience and uh, takes some time and some work of, you know, a starter takes at least about a week to prepare and then you do the actual bread process, which I think mine was about 13 hours. And so, of course, you're not doing things for the full time, but you are having responsibilities every hour or so to check in on your bread. So that could be a fun challenge to just give you perspective. And for me, at least, this is probably just because all these thoughts were already in my head, but I just found so many metaphors and things that you can think about as you're feeding your bread and, you know, your bread's going to die if you, you know, neglect it and things like that. So 
there's definitely a lot of kind of spiritual metaphors that you can maybe take from that process of creating your own sourdough. And if you're curious about the recipe that I used, you can check out that recipe in the link in my Instagram bio, which is just at Taste of Freedom Podcast. And that will have the link. It was like a whole wheat uh, sourdough recipe. So it did incorporate some wheat flour in there as well as white. So give it a try if you're feeling up for the challenge. And so I'll leave you all with this verse from Matthew 4, 4, which says, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So while physical nourishment is important, spiritual nourishment through God's word is essential for true life and well-being. So I hope these thoughts make you all think about some of these biblical concepts, maybe in a new way, and be inspired to consider changing up some maybe physical or spiritual habits to help you just live a healthier, fulfilled life that allows you to experience the true taste of freedom that can only be found in Jesus. So glad you listen, and be sure to stay tuned for the next episode coming out soon.